The following program is sponsored by Wealth Enhancement Group. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Wealth Enhancement Group or its guests and do not reflect the opinions of News Talk 830 and Odyssey Inc. Advisory services offered through Wealth Enhancement Advisory Services, LLC. A registered investment advisor. Certain but not all investment advisor representatives at Wealth Enhancement Advisory Services are also registered representatives of and offer securities through LPL Financial Member FINRA, SIPC. Wealth Enhancement Group and Wealth Enhancement Advisory Services are separate entities from LPL. Wealth Enhancement Group is a registered trademark of Wealth Enhancement Group, LLC. Sound strategies to make sense of your financial life. Answers to everyday questions pertaining to your money. Brought to you by Wealth Enhancement Group. Helping you to plan and invest with confidence and clarity. After all, it's your money. Hello, I'm Susie Jones. Welcome to Your Money. If you have a financial question for Bruce Helmer or Peg Webb, you can call this number 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. And that number is 888-6-ADVICE. And you can certainly email them your question to yourmoneyatwealthenhancement.com. During this show, you can call or text our studio line at 651-461-9226. Now, here is Senior Vice President, Financial Advisor Peg Webb, along with Bruce Helmer, Founder and Financial Advisor of Wealth Enhancement Group. Peg and Bruce, welcome, and what are we talking about today? Good morning, everybody. Hi, Peg. Hi, Susie. Uh, I'm glad everyone can hear me today, and I can hear you both loud and clear. Uh, So, Peg, uh, to Susie's question, what are we going to talk about today? Most people listening to us right now, and again, our show originates in the state of Minnesota, but it's heard in a lot of states in a lot of different ways, radio show, live or delayed or podcast or online. There's a lot of ways people listen. But if you're listening right now, it's probably close to Thanksgiving. Um, Thanksgiving for us today is right around the corner. And I think, Peg, our marketing team does a really nice job of tying financial things into things going on in people's daily lives to sometimes make it more relatable. I think there's some people, if you say, oh, today we're going to talk about personal finance, they tune you out because they think it's boring or complicated. And so we try to make it relatable, and we're going to take another shot at that today and tie it to Thanksgiving. Yeah, I think we're far from boring, Bruce. I really think we are far from boring. But I was excited. I I was excited for this outline that we uh, reviewed a couple weeks ago because Thanksgiving uh, is a special day. It is to give thanks and gratitude to all the people in your life and um, just your health. And, and I could go on and on about that. But the main dish is this big fat turkey and um we actually think that that is call me a big fat turkey (laughs) (laughs) i said the main dish on thanksgiving is a big fat turkey well in in my mind it has to be because i only have that turkey prepared once a year like that in a display i eat turkey all year round because i love it but it just isn't displayed kind of as a main dish. But we also think that main dish is uh, part of your financial planning. And so everyone likes their turkey personalized in a certain way. And I promise we're going to relate this to planning because some of the choices of your personalized way that you like the turkey is, you know, it could be Cajun seasoned, roasted, basted, deep fried, 
I like the uh, the past. I'm I'm not a cook, so I don't necessarily do it. But do you remember when you would bake the turkey like in this big plastic bag? Do you guys remember that? Yes. I don't. And, and, <laughs> and it would just make the turkey so moist. And I said, whoever discovered that uh, is a genius. But so as as we eat this turkey in so many different variations, reflecting, you know, the diversity, diversity of America today, whether your um, heritage is Latin, um, Bohemian, European, you know, African, Chinese, you know, there's all different variations out there. But the turkey is usually the largest dish um, on that Thanksgiving table, and it needs to feed a lot of people. And when I say that, uh, I believe that there should be leftovers for the guests. So I hope the people that uh, I'm attending, the house that I'm attending, that they're going to hear this today because I love when they make a lot more than they actually need, and then you get to take some leftovers. <laughs> well, I agree with that, Peg. I'm also from the school of I'd rather have too much than not enough. And I have fond memories, you know, growing up, uh, having another meal after the main meal because there's, there's turkey left. And I also have memories of even after a couple cracks at it, we couldn't eat it all. And at some point it gets too dry to keep eating it uh, the way you first cooked it. So then I remember grinding it up and mixing it, you know, with mayonnaise and some onions or whatever and turning it in to turkey salad, but nothing uh, went to waste. Um, The other thing I wanted to uh, comment on, you know, with regard to being thankful, um, I'm thankful for so many things. And I, and I, you know, Thanksgiving is a special day in a lot of ways, but in in some ways it's not because I try to count my blessings and be thankful for uh, how fortunate I am every day when I, when I wake up. But, um, I used to, <laughs> yeah, you might remember this, on this show, I used to, on, on our Thanksgiving show, give thanks to all the great people at Wealth Enhancement Group. And for a long time, for a number of years doing this show, I could literally name them all. Well, when you've grown to be, you know, 53 offices in 17 states with 750 employees, I can't do that anymore. But I just want to say publicly, I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for our marketing team, my team, all the people at Wealth Enhancement Group that allow me to do my job better than I would ever be able to do it without them. So I'm grateful for that. But but so I like the way you, you talked about the turkey is the main course, and there's a lot of different ways you can do it. Financial planning for people's success in their financial life, I think the financial plan is the main course and the most important thing. But there's a lot of ways you can customize or individualize that financial plan for people to get it the way that's appropriate for their circumstances. Yeah, you know, the foundation is really uh, talking to people about their goals and what their objectives are. And we often say on the show, what's important to you? It is amazing because I just met with a woman, <clears throat> actually a couple a couple of weeks ago, and when I just started firing questions to them, they were so appreciative. Like, you, you really want to know all that? And I said, I can't possibly create this plan um, unless I know a little bit more about you because financial planning actually has these side dishes just like a Thanksgiving dinner. So if you picture now the Thanksgiving table, yes, you've got the turkey in the middle, but there's lots of other side dishes. And And I always call it, you know, 
color and I need your vision in in light and I need to see I, I literally envision the people retiring and this is what you're going to do and I want them to tell me the stories of what do you see in the future and then allow me to take your vision and put that into numbers. So um, that could include retirement planning, legacy planning, charitable giving. So when I met with this couple a couple weeks ago, they said, you do all of that. And as we're relating it to Thanksgiving, we have all the side dishes to create that vision in numbers where then you believe in it. And once you have this conviction, then you're able to retire without worry. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that are hesitant in walking away from a job that, you know, they were gainfully employed for decades of time. And so going through this exercise of planning gives you that confidence um, to to, uh, walk out the door and enjoy those. I don't like the word golden years anymore. Bruce and Susie, I, I I actually would just like to say they're still there, your young years. Um, right. I think purple or gold years. <laughs> yeah. I think In light of the great. Vikings. To... <laughs> <laughs> hey, Peg, I love that you tied it into, it starts with goals and objectives. And I would even add to determine your goal you have to understand your core values and what's important to you. And we talk about this a lot on the show. Some clients are prospective clients. If you ask them their core values or their goals, they, they can rattle them off. Other clients kind of look at you like they've never thought about it before. You get the deer in the headlights thing. And we have to kind of lead them and help them and ask leading questions and talk about what's important to them. There's a reason you're sitting here. It's not just to accumulate as much money as you possibly can. There's probably some other motivations that might be helping your kids or your grandkids or your favorite charity or whatever it is, but what's important to you. I'm glad you brought that up because I'm forever bothered by the part of the financial industry that's trying to sell people things that don't know. How can I advise somebody if I don't know what makes them tick? How can I know what investments are or aren't appropriate if I don't understand goals and objectives and risk tolerance and all those things? Yet a lot of our industry does that. We, we all hear these commercials, you should buy this stock now, you should sell this, you should, whatever. And, and it's just it, it's to a mass audience, and you know nothing about the individuals listing right now. That, that drives me crazy. I can't advise somebody if I don't know what makes them tick. And I think even if, Bruce, it is to binge watch all the series that all your friends have talked about and you haven't had any time to watch, you know, if that's one of your goals, then you tell us that's your goals. I mean, we're not asking for, you know, you to have this all drawn out and written down and goal number one and goal number two. That's why, Bruce, I normally ask them, you know, to paint the picture of what they see themselves doing because I get a lot more out of that than, hey, do you have your goals written down? You know, so just tell me right. whether you're um, wanting to, you know, move to Florida or do you want to sit, you know, at your home that you've been in for 30 years and binge watch those shows. It's okay. It's your list. No judgment, right? Right. Exactly. 
The next one is um, we talk often on this show about your money matrix, and we're going to actually label this the stuffing. That stuffing is so good. Now, I don't get that stuffing, um, you know, without being uh, feeling like I shouldn't be eating it except for on Thanksgiving. So I love that. But yet this money matrix that we talk about a lot is a proprietary proprietary tool that Wealth Enhancement Group developed decades ago. And what it does is it simplifies this financial plan so everybody understands it. It's easier to implement a financial plan if the uh, if you understand what you're creating and what steps you're taking. And lots of people, Bruce and Susie, they need some kind of a visual tool. So this is a visual tool where we um, segregate your um, assets and we pu- put them into these boxes whether they're taxable, tax-deferred, or tax-advantaged. But more importantly, we're illustrating when would we utilize these funds? Would we utilize them in the short term, the medium term, or the long term? And then do you need to pull some income out, or do you have some stock options or some uh, deferred comp? Or It's a tool that allows people to see their entire financial life on one piece of paper. Now, that may not sound that great, but I'm telling you, it is. When people see, instead of piles and piles of paper, they see their life, their investments, how they're taxed, how they're going to create a paycheck for the rest of their life, all on one piece of paper, it's magical. Peg, I got to tell you, I, um, I'm, so, I'm so excited, the way you, and you explained that so well that I think people can even see it, even though this is not a visual medium. But I'm, I'm so keyed up because twice in the last week, and you can't even make this stuff up, at introductory meetings, potential clients, I kind of went through the, the matrix, but really what I was talking about um, based on the questions they were asking me was our investment philosophy. And I talked about the fact that our goal is not to get the highest rate of return possible. Our goal is to get the rate of return that you need to achieve your goals and objectives, to achieve, achieve success for you, whatever that means for you, and to get that rate of return with the least amount of risk possible. And we want some of your money in short term. And the reason why, because one of them started to push back right away and say the bank's paying almost zero right now. Why would I have money in the bank? And I said, because you want a source of income that you don't have to sell stocks if the market was down. In 2008, the last year we had a big market retraction, our clients were able to use cash or other sources uh, for income to fund their lifestyle, and they didn't have to sell stocks when the market was down. So both of these people at the, at the end of the meeting or at the end of my explanation said, that makes so much sense. Why doesn't everybody do this? And I said, I don't know. I can't speak to what everybody else does. I just know this is what we do, and I know that we're right. Yeah, and one of the things also on that Your Money Matrix and the fact that fact that we uh, trademarked it and made it a proprietary uh, item of Wealth Enhancement Group is we've also witnessed that it actually created these buckets and the ones that were the risky ones, the ones that you feel are the longest term money and you're not going to ever touch it, the market actually uh, dictates some um, fear. In, in sometimes and and what happens is, is we went through this in the last couple of years when COVID hit the markets were down thirty plus percent and then we also um, have 
just a, a when it comes, what I want to say is when it comes to your own money, it's hard to be unbiased. Like you just, you have so much emotion around your money that you've worked your entire life to save this money. And even though you know psychologically that that's the longest bucket and you're not going to touch it for decades of time, you still are so nervous when the markets go down. Well, this money matrix actually assists in showing you specifically how your money is laddered. You know, and Bruce, you hit on it where you have these short-term buckets that you can live on and then this long money is going to stay long. I think that's good to remind everybody right now because we've made a lot of money on our money in the last couple of years. And I'm often hearing now, should I take my long money and make it short? It just really sounds like that would be the perfect idea right now. And then, by the way, I'm going to actually get back in when I feel like the market's, you know, going to start to recover again. And I tell them, oh, good luck with that, because it's super easy to jump out right now because your stomach is kind of, I don't know, I don't know, you know, uh, queasy, but yet there's never any signs of when to get back in. So it's always, always, always better historically to just stay in and stay the course. Bruce? Uh, and, 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 and I totally agree, and I'm glad you said that, but the exception would be, if you need some money for lifestyle and you want to sell some of your stocks for the income you need in that period of time, it's always okay to take winnings off the table. But if stocks are down, we want you to be able to have midterm or short-term money that isn't down and you can take your income from there. That's another subset of comprehensive financial planning called retirement income planning and always spending your smartest money first and having options of what you spend. Yeah, we also have, we, we're, we are known for our tools that take a very complex industry that we work in and make it uh, easier to explain what we do. So the next one is this cash flow analysis, and we call that the gravy on the top. And some people put the gravy on the tar- turkey and the mashed potatoes and the um, dressing and the whole plate, right? Well, we need a sophisticated tool that actually does even a deeper dive into what assets would you uh, sell first to live on, or when would you take, you know, um, exercise your stock options? When would you actually pull out of these different buckets? And then also, we've done this analysis for a lot of Roth conversions over the last couple of years. Would I be better to do them now, or would I be better? not doing them? Should I do some and maybe not so much? It's just a huge cash flow tool. And then the other tool I want to mention is this reality check. We do entire shows on this reality check that we have created. And that to me is the real healthy uh, stuff that you put around your Thanksgiving plate, the Brussels sprouts, the broccoli, the green beans. You don't pay a lot of attention to those that day. But um, when you're planning You know, it's designed to provide the clients with the most value. It puts everything in perspective by saying, don't go quit your job until you know exactly what your net paycheck is going to be from Social Security, possibly a pension, withdrawals from Wealth Enhancement Group or your financial advisory, um, your tax estimates, and then what really is your paycheck net that goes into your checking account? Are you confident with that? And to go in and uh, and and retire, and I, I can't say this enough, Bruce and Susie, is that who who would want to go into their retirement a nervous Nelly? I mean, just being so afraid that they made the wrong decision. 
And so we get these clients and prospective clients to have the confidence to say, I'm ready to retire. And they are very knowledgeable about what their paycheck net, just like as if you were working, would be going into your checking account, um, you know, every other week or every month. So you have that confidence. Bruce? Peg, I, I, I love that. I love you th- that you brought that up because the fear of running out of money before they die is, is huge in this country. And it's probably the single question, some variation of that question that I get most often. So, yeah, why, why not know? Why have it be a mystery when you, there are ways of, of determining if you've got enough? And, again, I know no one can exactly predict the future, but we can make reasonable, educated guesses and assumptions and forecast and project that out. And why wouldn't you do that going into retirement? And then just a quick side note, I know we're running out of time, Susie. I'll throw it back to you. But Peg mentioned, you know, healthy stuff, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, green beans. I just got to say, the way I make the green beans, they're not as healthy. I put the onion stuff in there and the, and the cream of mushroom soup. I make the cast. Your money. If you have a financial question for Bruce Elmer or Peg Webb, you can Call this number 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and that number 888-6-ADVICE. And you can certainly email your question to yourmoneyatwealthenhancement.com. Now, during this show, you can call or text our studio line at 651-461-9226. Now, here is Senior Vice President Financial Advisor Peg Webb, along with Bruce Helmer, Founder and Financial Advisor of Wealth Enhancement Group. Peg, Bruce, we're talking about the analogy of Thanksgiving to our financial planning. And you mentioned a number of things, Peg and Bruce, about likening the turkey and the stuffing and the vegetables. Maybe just to recap if someone is just tuning in. Yeah, thanks, Susie. And uh, uh, Peg, uh, I'll let you uh, throw in any thoughts, too, before we let listeners try to maybe, uh, listeners and Susie, questions drive most of the second half of the show. So, yeah, if you joined if you joined us late, it's probably, if you're listening right now, close to Thanksgiving. We talked about uh, what, a, what a special time of year it is, a time to be thankful. And we also tied it into to financial planning. We talked about how Different people like their turkey different ways. Some like it deep fried. Some like it brined in apple and spices. Some like it Cajun seasoned. Um, financial planning is the turkey. Financial planning is the is the main dish in your desire to, to have financial success, to be able to retire when you want to with the lifestyle that you want to. So we talked about in terms of how you customize that plan or we drew the analogy to the turkey. It's driven by your core values. What's important to you, and therefore, based on those core values, what are your goals and objectives? What, what's your vision? Peg talks a lot about paint the picture for me. Paint the picture of your future. And if they can't do that, Peg helps her clients do that. Then we talked about side dishes, and side dishes in, in our planning could include things like our money matrix, it could include our reality check, could include uh, things like social security analysis, pension analysis, cash flow analysis. And we talk a lot at Wealth Enhancement Group about retirement income planning. Where is your income going to come from at retirement? 
how do we make sure we spend the smartest money first? So those are all things we talked about in the first half of the show. But, Peg, I think the key to all this, and our clients tell us this, actually. So when, when in financial planning, I always, I, oftentimes at an introductory meeting, I will make sure that I tell the prospective client, our, our clients are very happy. Our, our client retention rate is very high. And I think there's a lot of reasons why that is true. And sometimes with your financial advisor, you can quantify the value. You can say, look, this strategy that we implemented for you saved you X amount of dollars in taxes, or this Roth conversion will, will you know, keep you from going into a higher bracket, whatever the case may be. Sometimes there's a very quantifiable value, but often it's, it's hard to quantify. But our clients tell us, they sleep better at night. They don't worry about their money so much. They're less stressed. They have more time to pursue their hobbies, their passions. They have more time to spend with loved ones, to see their grandkids and go to their grandkids' events. They, they, that is hard to put a price tag on. It's the reality for our clients. They feel it. They appreciate it. But it's hard to quantify the value. And part of the reason that we do this show and part of the reason we're tying this into Thanksgiving and being thankful is our goal is so you don't have to worry about your financial future. You don't have to worry about running out of money before you die. We try to give our clients, and I think we do, that, that, those assurances, that satisfaction, that comfort to, to help them lead happier lives. Yeah, Bruce, and I like what you just said uh, in kind of recapping what we talked about here, but bottom line is I'm thinking – on the actual day of Thanksgiving, maybe we don't so much talk about, you know, uh, money with our family and friends on that particular day. You kind of just be grateful. Um, I tend to look at the dessert table be right when I walk in the door to see if they have my favorite <laughs> pumpkin pie. And, um, and I absolutely have to leave room for that. And then I feel, you know, right now more than ever, uh, appreciating the time, you know, I have six brothers and sisters and just appreciating the time that I get to spend with them and I need to spend with them and I want to spend with them. I think what this pandemic has done is it, it's just made a lot of people feel and my clients are expressing to me, you know, with the time I have left, I am going to maximize. I'm going to maximize spending time with my friends and family. I'm going to go do the things that are on my bucket list and I'm ready to go. So um, I just want to tell everybody that they should uh, think about maybe contacting a financial advisor. We'd love it if it would be Wealth Enhancement Group. If you don't feel that you have all these things in a row and you don't feel like you have that confidence, you know, then call us. But absolutely enjoy that one holiday. We do have a caller on the line. Uh, Carrie is calling from Osceola, Wisconsin, with a question for Bruce or Peg. Go ahead, Carrie. You are on the air. Hi. So my question is, we sold some property um, that we had for about 30 years, so, um, you know, received some money from that. Unfortunately, we didn't know about the 1031 exchange at the time we sold it, um, and so I'm being told it's too late to do the 1031 exchange. Um is there any other anything else that I can do as far as minimizing the capital gains tax on that? And can you explain what that is, Bruce and Peg? Yeah, hey, is Carrie still on the line? Yes. 
I am. Yeah. Siri, you have a? Do you have a? Already have a uh, a signed sales agreement? Yes, it's already been purchased. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Peg, uh, thanks, Carrie. P- thanks for listening, and thanks for your question, Peg. Unfortunately, and and you can talk a little bit about ten thirty ones, and maybe I'll add a little bit to whatever you say. But I guess the the first thing is. Um, in Carrie's situation, because the deal's done, it's probably too late to, to use 1031 or any other strategy that we might have otherwise talked about, unfortunately. Agree? Yeah. So when you uh, sell property and there's capital gains uh, in that within that property, you can do what's called a 1031 exchange. And what that means that if you identify a similar type of property, that you want to purchase with the proceeds of the one that you just sold, then you actually could just carry over those, that uh, capital gains and not uh, have to put it on your income tax that in the year that you sold that other property. Now, that can actually be good and bad. Uh, in some cases, yeah, it's really good if you have a million-dollar property and the basis is 100000 and you're going to have to pay 900000 worth of capital gains in one particular year, you sure may want to consider um, doing an exchange to another, <clears throat> another piece of real estate. But if it's not a huge capital gain, here's what we've witnessed, Bruce, and I know you can add this because you and I have talked about this before on the show and within our roundtable is it's not always the solution to go from an illiquid property to probably another illiquid property. So here's a case where we have to ask a lot more questions. You know, does it fit within your financial plan? And a lot of times it's an inheritance or something like that where it is a liquidity opportunity where you could turn your money into liquid money. Yes, you have to pay the capital gains, but then you're able to diversify out. The um, the other reason that some people do it is that there a lot of times it's a family farm and you know they're not all the uh, sellers are agreeing to do the same thing meaning they some of them want to keep it some of them want to sell it and so that discussion about the 1031 exchange has to be done before you sign a contract. Uh, and, and another property has to be identified within a very short period of time. So that's why, Bruce, that you can comment. I don't see a whole lot of them because it's hard to get your ducks in a row in that short uh, specified time. Uh, Carrie, um, uh, I agree with everything Peg just said. So we started off by saying, sorry, it's too late, and, and I hate to you know be the bearer of bad news. But the good news is even if you had known about these things, you may have determined you don't want to do it anyway. And Peg said, uh, Peg, I think you hit the key points. You're you're going into something else that's illiquid, and you're only kicking the can down the road, meaning the tax liability is still going to be there if you do a 1031 if you ever sell the next property, which, again, still may be advantage, uh, may have an advantage to you right now and long term. So, but I agree with Peg also in that, 1031 sounds good in concept. In reality, and I've done this, what, 37 years now, excuse me, I think I can count Peg and Susie on one hand the number of times we've actually proceeded and executed the 1031. So it's not something we've done very often. Peg, the other strategy I thought of is charitable remainder trust. And, again, 
unfortunately for Kerry, it's too late to do that. But you can actually place a highly appreciated asset, real estate, real estate or stocks or whatever, into this type of trust that will go to charity after you leave this world. And then the trust sells the property. And because the trust sells it and not you as an individual, there are no capital gains taxes. But, again, it sounds good in, in, in concept, but it gets way more complicated. What I just said to describe it is the tip of the iceberg. And when you dig in deeper and you look at all the complexities, again, in actual practice, I've done that less than, you know, I can count on one hand the number of times we've actually done that also. So, Carrie, the bad news is it's too late to do anything that Peg and I might know about to delay or avoid the taxes. That's the bad news. The good news is if you had looked at those things, chances are you would have determined you didn't want to do them anyway. So don't lose any sleep about it. Count your blessings. You paid the taxes on the gain, but you probably still netted a nice paycheck. Susie? 651-461-9226. That is the number. If you have a question for Bruce or Peg, that is also the place you can make a phone call and talk to them on the air, or you can simply text your question as well. 651-461-9226. I'll squeeze in my own question, if that's all right, ladies and gentlemen. And that is, what are some of the common mistakes people make when they're looking at their retirement situation? Either one pay. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's one I have. Susie, that's a a great question, Peg. Yeah, one of the things that I witness is uh, they come in and tell me what they believe they're going to spend in retirement. And because we have done decade, we've done financial planning now for decades of time, comprehensive planning, I literally will say to them, no, that's not going to work. I mean, I can already tell by talking to them and what their lifestyle was today. And they say, okay, this is what we think we're going to spend. Then I actually give them a printed uh, sheet of uh, just a very detailed where their money might be going now so that I can uh, observe it and, and then they can walk through it and say, you know, these are things that will be eliminated because we're retired. Uh, but then I help them. Uh, one of the advantages of working with a company like ours, because we have this round table and Bruce and I work together and all the advisors work together as a team, we are, we have lived through so many people's lives. And I think that's such a value to to go to an organization that has practiced on lots and lots of people that are just like you. And, and, and so, Susie, I would say my number one, the common mistake is underestimating what you're going to spend, especially in the first decade of your retirement. Right. And also, I think there is, obviously, that's your profession, but that question of how long are you going to live? I mean, my mom always kidded with us that her financial advisor told her that she has enough money to live to 94. Well, (laughs) what if she's still here at 94? I said, well, you can sleep in my garage. (laughs) Susie, that's a great follow-up point because financial planning is always going to be an inexact science for that reason. We don't know exactly how long you're going to live. So what Peg and I do at Wealth Management Group does is we project the numbers out at least to age 100 or, or longer. Now, if people are living longer, we can even go out to, say, 110. Now, 
I know a lot of listeners are saying, I'm not going to live that long. Well, great. Then when you leave this world, there'll be something left and you'll left and you'll leave a legacy to kids or grandkids or loved ones or charities or whatever. But um, I, I've told the story, gosh, my mind is going in so different, many different directions. I have to stay focused here and stay short. Um, I, I, I t- so sometimes to, to, to your original question, Susie, what's the biggest mistake? I agree with Peg, but, but I would change the narrative slightly and say the biggest mistake is they think they're going to retire and they've really done no planning or forecasting. They pick an age, they say, I'm going to retire at 60 or I'm going to retire at 62 or 65. And they don't know for sure how much they can spend. And they don't know if they're going to run out of money. They've done no, no, no forecasting or projecting. So it, if you do that projecting, even though it's an inexact science, and you don't know for sure that all of your assumptions are going to be correct, it at least gets you in the ballpark. And Peg said, she's told clients before, no, that's not going to work. So have I. Countless times I've told people, you either can't retire quite this young or you're going to have to spend less or something's going to have to change or you're going to run out of money. And people say to me, boy, I bet that's a hard conversation to have. Mm-hmm. But it's really not. They're grateful. They'd rather know now than at age 79 when they're running out of money. They'd rather know now. So uh, I, I, I agree with Peg. I, I have people that uh, their personality is such that they don't want to spend money, even though I tell them they can. And I have clients that are spending more than they should, and I tell them they have to spend less. So you get all kinds of personalities, all kinds of ways that people are wired. And, again, we're snowflakes. No two people are exactly alike, and we have to customize and work with them to their unique situation, whatever that may be. But, but Susie, that's just a, such a great question, and it's so expands in so many different ways um we could talk about it for a, a, a show plus i mean there's right. just so much so many subsets in there right and i think the other thing that's my struggle and i imagine others is organization it's just when you talked about knowing where everything is i mean that's critical so if you've got a box of your financial stuff but you don't really know what's what isn't that I mean, talk about that and how important that is, Peg or Bruce. Well, I think we start with, um, we we call it a unified questionnaire because we we first just want the basics about the people who come to see us. And then, Susie, you hit it on the head. It's all about organization. And and, uh, we're gainfully employed because a lot of people don't even like working with this money stuff. But then we've got all these engineers that come to Wealth Enhancement Group because we're so detailed and they love to, you know, witness someone else who is as detailed as they are with their spreadsheet. So if you don't have that organization, uh, you must have a personality that's kind of whimsical, meaning if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And some people don't lose sleep over that until it gets to the point where it's too late. So organization is the first step. And I've said on air before on this show, I mean, probably my eyes were as wide as they could possibly be when a prospective client actually wheeled in their 
filing cabinet on a dolly <laughs> and have me go through it. And this is years ago, but for me to go through it to see what he actually had and whether, you know, I felt like he could retire. And so uh, that's my greatest story in helping somebody get organized. <laughs> did you do it? I did it. Oh, bless your heart. Found, <laughs> I found all these papers, stock certificates. And you, I mean, I've got a friend for life, right? Because he said, <laughs> You know, I, that's money I didn't even know I had. Sure, sure. That's fantastic. I, I've never had the file cabinet peg, Susie, but I have had, you know, multiple bags or boxes of information that we go through for them. But, Peg, I, you know, I, I, in, in Susie, in addition to organization, I think it's key to make this point. A lot of people just live in denial. And, and let me tell you what I mean by that. So I know, I know, I know what you I, mean. <laughs> I live in denial. I, I, bet you, I, <laughs> I bet you both know people that don't like to go to the dentist or don't like to go to the doctor because they're afraid if they, they do, they'll find something wrong. I, I need work on my teeth or I need to take uh, high blood pressure medication or whatever. They don't want to go because they don't want to find out bad news. Well, that's not going to solve your problem. There's a lot of people that don't want to do forecasting, projecting, or see a financial advisor because they're afraid of what they're going to find out. But that's not going to solve your problem. You've got to address it and face it head on and not live in denial. Or Peg said, whimsical. Even if you're a whimsical personality, you've got to look at this before you retire because you don't want to run out of money before you die. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have about a minute left. Is there any final thought before we let people know once again where they can find you at Wealth Enhancement? Peg, Bruce? Bruce. Okay, Bruce? Well, I, I, I just want to, you know, if, if, if you're hearing this and it's not Thanksgiving yet, I want to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving. And, and I want you know, to, if you haven't done this type of thing, if you haven't done financial planning, uh, I want you to look at it and consider it and consider Wealth Enhancement Group but not on Thanksgiving Day. Enjoy your time with your loved ones. Enjoy family, friends, whoever you're with. Um, the diet, you can throw it out the window on Thanksgiving Day. That's the one day per a year that you should eat whatever you want. Everybody have a great holiday. Peg? Yeah, and you can go to wealthenhancement.com, go under resources, and your radio show and all of our podcasts are there if you want to listen to additional ones. Yeah, they're very well marked. So if there's a specific topic you want to learn more about, you can go right there and find it. You can call them as well at 8886advice or as she mentioned your money at wealthenhancement.com. Have a great week. The previous program was sponsored by Wealth Enhancement Group. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Wealth Enhancement Group or its guests and do not reflect the opinions of News Talk 830 and Odyssey Inc.